And I welcome this huge one. Oh, yes. Nice plane. Nice, nice plane. Nice plane. Nice, nice, nice plane. Okay, welcome back to Nice Planet. This is episode four. It took us four episodes to find a truly horrendous episode of Star Trek to review. <laughs> so truly. So so here we are. We've promised you skin of evil. I'm sorry ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> But we're going to have some fun with it today. So joined, as always, is uh, my co-host, Brian. Here I am. And uh, today we have a friend of mine, former co-worker, Mike Camp, also super nerd. <laughs> Hello. I called myself a periphery nerd. I think a nerd generalist. Like I never got too deep into any one thing, but uh, pretty well spread across the nerd spectrum. I like right. that. You're also wearing an ATAT shirt right now, so we're just going to put that on the board. <laughs> yep. Okay. When you brush your teeth in, in the mirror and you see this shirt, it's the Tata shirt. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's, for me lately, it's been very apt to brush your teeth and your you know Tatas everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it insults you. Nice. So, yeah, welcome, Mike. Uh, let's kick it off like we always do, and you can give just a little bit of uh, background with, uh, with Star Trek. You know, what have, what have you seen? What are kind of your, your interests? Which series and, or movies are you into? Yeah, so I, uh, I, I did not grow up like in a Star Trek family. I think I was the only one that watched it. And uh, I was telling Brian earlier, we were discussing um, how, how does Skin of Evil become your favorite Star Trek episode? And uh, I'm very interested to hear about this. <laughs> really bad, but at the same time, it's pretty great. <laughs> I think that I saw Skin of Evil uh, when I was right at the right age. It, I probably saw it when it originally aired, or maybe one of the one of the first reruns. And um, you know, and it kind of had some of the. I think I was just old enough that it, like I got it, that I understood what was happening, why it was interesting, um, but yet not terrible. And, uh, you know, that age right before you start listening to Pink Floyd. And you know, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. And then, uh, so I was like, oh, this, this, this is really, really cool. And, and I kind of got sucked in and I started watching TNG from there. Um, and then, you know, after that, I, uh, you know, I, I liked watching, I, I, I liked the movies, the originals. Um, one of those things you, uh, the a local affiliate, where I grew up, it was like taxi at 11 and then, you know, old Star Trek at 1130. And it was just something that <laughs> yeah, watching. I don't know how many times I saw the episode uh, with uh, evil Spock. I, I think they only bought the rights to like a handful. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, other nice. than that, I've been sort of on the periphery of Star Trek. I, um, you know, I've, I've caught episodes of, of the others, uh, Voyager or, uh, uh, I couldn't get into Voyager for some reason. I, I, the. It's because it's bad. I think. Oh my yeah. god! Don't you dare! <laughs> it's, Don't it's you dare! Tough. Well, somebody pointed out to me when I, I first started watching it, and I liked the premise. I liked the idea of being shot out to you know, un, you know, no man's land and having to try to make your way back. 
But then somebody pointed out that uh, Captain Janeway <laughs> sounded like a, like a demented chicken. And punctuated with the, with the Neelix, you know, so. Um, Neelix, wow. Yeah, so I, ever since it, it sort of ruined a Voyager for me, and, and I can't I can't watch it without laughing. Yeah, I, so, we're, we're going off on a tangent here, and I love it, but uh, I've, I've heard people say, and I completely agree with, Voyager, there, well, one thing is, as people died off, why didn't the crew seem to get any thinner? Like, the ship seemed always full. <laughs> You know, they bring on Neelix and Cass and Seven and Nine and some Borg kids eventually. But, you know, and <laughs> as people die off, why aren't they just shutting down decks of the ship to conserve yeah. energy, you know? Yeah. And, like, just... along along the path, that ship should have been, like, modified with alien technology as they found things. And it should have, like, you know, it, it the ship should have changed. But, no, it looks exactly the same <laughs> when they come home as it did when they left. So I feel like Ron Moore... You know who who was involved in that show and more heavily in Deep Space Nine and TNG saw that and was like, "I'm going to make the Voyager I want to make," and went off and made Battlestar Galactica, which is <laughs> a million times better, <laughs> but but pretty much the same premise. Right? Uh, right. How dare you? How dare you? Yeah. I oh, mean I'm... they they did they did retrofit the shuttle with Borg technology at some point. They had like those shields. That was pretty dope. Sweet. <laughs> I'm gonna full confession. After I watched Skin of Evil, I had to get it off of myself by watching the first episode of Voyager. Did you? Really? I did. The caretaker, huh? Yeah, where they meet the Maquis and everyone melds into one crew after after Janeway's first officer just dies after four <laughs> minutes. Murdered. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't feel bad for the first officer. They don't feel bad for the doctor. I think the chief of engineering dies. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's remarkable, and and I think this goes throughout the Star Trek universe. Is there is a disproportionate sort of binary between how broken up they are when somebody dies versus when somebody else? Yeah. Like, <laughs> even Yar dying in, in Skin of Evil, you know, like the most that's get paid to it is like Picard's like, look, I know we're all broken up about this, but we got a job to do, and I'm pretty sure the empath only sheds like a, like two tears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's in my notes actually uh martinez sir or Mar- yeah martinez sirtis sirtis whatever her name is troy uh she said she was actually crying because denise crosby was her best friend on the on the cast so oh she claims that those are real tears of sadness and that she did not have to act during that scene mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brian's mm-hmm. skeptical <laughs> <laughs> You just can't imagine a world in which someone would like Tasha Yar. Uh, that's the reality I want to live in is where she's not appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into the episode here, uh, I think I mentioned last week that Brian and I are going to watch uh, Star Trek Discovery tonight. And we are going to release a separate podcast, just a uh, different format. We're not going to go like blow by blow through the episodes, but just kind of talk about kind of the bigger plot points probably and what we think of the uh, think of the show overall. So um, I wanted to have a quick kind of pre-discovery conversation here. And have you guys have you guys seen the trailers? Are you paying any attention to this at all? What are your impressions? Go ahead, Brian. So I, I did. Uh, I did see the trailer. 
My impression is uh, I just overall generic. I, yeah. I feel bad really saying that. It seems to have all the uh, the hot pop culture sci-fi takes right now. Like you feels got, like a J.J. Abrams joint. Yes. Yeah. You've got you've got a desert planet. They're wearing this scavenger garb. They're walking. They're dressed like Ray from Star Wars. Yeah, they're just they're basically Ray. Yeah. Uh, you've got a semi I, I don't want to call her unknown but kind of underground name in the I, I forget the, the actress's name but she was on walking dead for a while so you've got that crossover nerdery yeah. going on um you've got the guy who's it's been pointed out to me he played uh lucius malfoy in the harry potter series um is that the, the captain? i don't know is he the, jason isaac is that yes jason, yes okay i know him i know him as the guy from uh uh, the, the Patriot, Mel Gibson's the Patriot. Just oh, the, he's the, the bad evil, guy, isn't he? The evil general. Yeah, oh, man. he's one of those guys. When you start looking at his IMDb, it's like, oh, my, I've seen this guy in twenty different things. Yeah, he also has the most punchable face in the history of <laughs> ever. So <laughs> he's a fantastic bad guy. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure you're going to see that face get punched. Yeah, and then we have we have Rain Wilson, who I'm not sure how he fits in. His character, to my knowledge, is is already established in the Star Trek universe. Yeah, so he plays Harry Mudd, which he was. Harry Mudd was in two episodes in the original series. Uh, he was actually the guy that brought Tribbles in the episode Trouble with Tribbles. He wow. he brought them to the space station that they were on. Uh, so he he has been established. I I don't love the fact that they're kind of including a character like that in this. It's like just kind of go go do your own thing. Like we don't, we don't yeah. need to enterprise started doing that the last couple seasons. And there was some good stuff. And then there was just some straight up fan service. And I, I hope that this, that his character isn't just straight fan service. Well, what I've gathered from the trailer, it just looks like he's the wild card. He's just in, he's off his fucking rocker. He's going to yeah. cause a problem. We'll, we'll, we'll watch when we, when we start doing some original series stuff, we will watch trouble with triples. So you will, you will see Harry mud here <laughs> relatively <laughs> soon. Okay. Uh, I'm looking forward uh, to seeing his tricorder encased in jello. On... <laughs> uh, Are they going to hide but, it, uh, hide it in the ceiling of the ship somewhere? Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's, I guess that's my analysis. I don't, I'm optimistic, but uh, I'm not buying in too hard on this one. How about you, Mike? Um, you know, Netflix uh, tried to no, it, was, it wasn't. It was YouTube uh, pointed something at me for a hot second as I was looking for something else, and that is m the extent of my exposure to to Star Trek um, beyond <laughs> uh, anything new. So <laughs> I don't know if that takes a notch out of my uh, geek cred card, but uh, no, no, it doesn't because they haven't. I mean, there there's been in my opinion, kind of one and a half good Star Trek movies, these new ones. Mm, yeah. um, so I, I think it's okay if you've ignored Star Trek since the, since the nineties or early two thousands, whenever, you know, kind of whenever you checked out, that's I my see, opinion. I shouldn't say that. I've, I've, I've seen the movies and I'm, I've enjoyed the movies more than they deserve. Um, and, but, uh, but as far as the television programs go, but I am going to check this one out because I, everything that you guys are apprehensive about, I am excited to see. <laughs> Just, because i think that star trek falls into that category of things that it's so beloved that any mistake that it makes gets amplified and yeah definitely I, 
and I just like to let that go. I like to, you know, um, I sort of like it to, I don't know, I'm going to sound like really, you know, high and mighty, but I just like it. I sort of like it to suck that way. You know, I like the mistakes, that <laughs> you know? Um, I know what you mean. And, yeah. And then from there, but uh, so I'm, I'm going to check it out. But the other thing is, is that there's so much dang good TV on. So it's, uh, it's, it's yeah, gonna be, it's going to be tough competition. It is. So I, I was very skeptical. I didn't like the first trailer they, they put out that was, yeah, them on the planet with the Ray co- Halloween costumes on. And, <laughs> and they, as after they get rescued, they like pan out and show that they had like walked in like the shape of a com badge. It felt like the Dark Knight Rises, you know, where he like <laughs> Batman takes a day and a half to put the, the flaming Batman logo on the bridge just to try to intimidate Bane, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. So, but the the further it's gone along, the more, and maybe this is just CBS has done a great job of of controlling kind of the narrative on the show. the The further it's gone along, the more excited that I've gotten for it. Um, the budget for this show is eight and a half million dollars an episode. Just to give Whoa. you an idea, Game of Thrones is ten million. So, I mean, it, this is they're they're putting a lot of money and effort into this. They're not half assing it at all. So. I mean, that alone, just that they're putting that kind of focus into it is great. On, on the flip side, though, if this fails, we're not going to see Star, a Star Trek show again for quite some time, probably. <laughs> Catastrophic. Wow. Yeah, That's exactly. high stakes. Exactly. So, but I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. They did some screenings this week. I've been following it online. The, uh, they, can't, they can't give official reviews until after the episodes air tonight, something to do with the fact that it's on the CBS All Access here in the U.S. and then it's on Netflix uh, and other places. So there's some some blackout to where they're not allowed to give official reviews. They could just give impressions. And a lot a lot of the uh, a lot of the nerd Star Trek people that I follow on Twitter say it's awesome. Say it's the best Star Trek pilot that they've ever seen, and it's it's tied into the old shows like just enough, and that everybody's going to love it. So that's got me hyped. Have they seen Voyager, these guys that you follow? Because <laughs> Yes, but only the requisite one time through. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, Brian and I are going to watch. Uh, they're releasing two episodes tonight. Brian, I'll have to, I'll have to uh, steal my dad's CBS All Access codes and send them over to you. Because you don't have an AARP membership. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'll just uh, man up and pay the $6 myself. Okay, but uh, yeah, we we can we can share an account. Shh, don't tell don't tell CBS we're doing that. Okay, but uh, we'll watch that, and we're gonna try to make some time uh, tomorrow evening and uh, and kind of reflect on the episodes and talk about it. But it it you know we kind of started this podcast at an odd time because that we're you know we go through and re- we review old episodes, but here we are. We just happen to be right in the middle of new Star Trek. We don't. We don't. We don't have to live in the past anymore. You know, we don't need. To, we don't need to wake up and look at our high school trophies. You know, but it's so nice. <laughs> it is. It is a little more comforting. We won't get hurt. Well, with the exception of having to watch episodes like The Skin of Evil, right? <laughs> oh, it hurts so good. So yeah, let's uh, let's get into this. I, I took a lot of notes. I think we're gonna kind of blow through. Uh, we're not going to go, we're not going to go as in detail as we have in the past on uh, episodes because there's just, there's just not a lot here. (laughs) So we'll be brief like Tasha's death. So before, (laughs) (laughs) so Mike, I I understand this is your favorite Star Trek episode. Yeah. Period. 
end statement. I yep. want to I don't I don't know you. This is the first time we've talked. <laughs> I don't I don't want to hold it against you. You can. That's okay. Talk talk, talk me out of that. Okay. So <clears throat> this episode and you're right. This episode is not good. But it is but it is also great in its own way. And here's why. Y- Yar gets killed. And this is the the end of Yar except for alternate timeline Yar and and uh, and then there is like another weird, even alternate alternate timeline yar. So you know, guest appearance yar. But the chief security officer gets killed in the most unspectacular way ever. Like I, I don't even know what it was. Like he sort of just slapped her in the face with like a little. <laughs> bit of- She's allergic to somersaults, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she ends up with this. Okay, okay, so. But we'll get into it, but the Tasha Yar's death is so spectacularly unamazing, and just know that like, like even when even on the sick bay, that whole scene it is so lackluster that. <laughs> um, but the the concept of the show, like I said earlier, when I was younger, um, this whole idea that there's this persona of the entire of the uh, the sum of a society's evil that they were able to, you know, somehow slough off and become, you know, basically like gods. And I think that this planet, like, it immediately occurs to me that now that this this planet, I think, is where all these other sort of godlike creatures come from. <laughs> that uh, could be you know, the, the god that's looking over the uh, the weird people in justice or whatever. <clears throat> but either way, and then the whole thing is this this blob becomes a uh, an angry bully who is just sad, <laughs> sad and lonely. <laughs> He's like the most emo thing ever. Like if you were just to like concentrate all emo-ness, like all of the, the the black hair dye and the black eye makeup and all that stuff and and all the goth stuff, it would just it would turn into the skin of evil. And uh, <laughs> and be, you know, and so yeah, so when this when this episode hit me, I think I was and I think I was getting ready to go through my little emo goth phase as well. So um for nostalgic reasons and for just the fact that it is bad in all the right ways, this this episode is great, and, and I think it's underappreciated. So you really you really identify with Armis then? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I don't know, like it's it's you know, and so does Troy because she's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, in a way, it feels like the bully was really reaching out. He intergalactically brought a camp counselor to his planet to talk him through his problems. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, you are fucked up. Give me the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, that's another thing that I love about this show is about this episode is the, there is some interesting sort of like philosophical stuff that's going on here where you got to dig for it though. <laughs> yeah, Armis, Armis, but Armis, he's he's trying to get him to do things, and they're basically like, and he's threatening their friends, and in almost every other show, especially of the time, when the villain is like, look, look, mister, you know, don't make a move, or I'm going to blow her brains out, kind of thing, and like, and then they always think about it, and like, there's this sort of a standoff that happens, but a couple of times in the episode, they're basically just like, no, I'm not going to do that, <laughs> yeah. you're a, you're a gigantic prick and I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, and they and they battle him on an emotional level so effectively that um I don't know it, it does sort of seem to rush the episode <laughs> a little bit. Ooh, I don't I think, think this episode could have gotten over soon enough. Oh really? <laughs> I wish it would I wish it would have rushed it a little a little quicker. 
Oh my god! I, for some reason, I thought that this episode was one of the short ones. Like it was like every time, I'm always wanting more. Give me more. <laughs> what reality are you? <laughs> this is painful. I had to watch this one twice because I thought I forgot something. But oh no, I I thought I did too. And in fact, Brian, I I almost did the same thing. I, I wasn't gonna go watch a Voyager, but I found myself scrolling <laughs> through through Netflix at, at TNG episodes, going, "Man, like." <laughs> I need to feel better about myself. <laughs> the better about my favorite episode, but you know, I got to own it. I'll take it. All right. Well, yeah, let's, let's get into it here. We'll, we'll work our way through it quickly. So we open uh, the enterprise is rendezvousing or on its way to rendezvous with that uh, Troy shuttle. She's been off doing, doing Troy things to probably giving a speech to the Troy boy fan club, which Brian may or may not yeah. have been present at. Oh, he was. Uh, yep. <laughs> I'm the treasurer. So we get, <laughs> We we get a scene, and it's what it's one of the like few authentic scenes in the whole episode between Worf and Yar, where they're talking about what is it like the karate tournament on the ship? Oh, the, the martial arts tournament. Martial arts tournament yeah. on the yeah. ship. Cobra, and, Cobra uh, and I represent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and Worf is apparently uh, is a, apparently Yar sensei, and yeah. he he's he. He sneaks in that uh, that she's favored in the ship's pool, and it's a very it, it like sets up a romance. It feels really rushed. Like oh, yeah. there's a romantic aspect to these two characters that they've never explored in the past. I mean, Yar Yar actually had sex with Data previously, <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, they they kind of decide to shoehorn this in here because it it feels like they they needed to justify Yar's existence to kill her off. Yeah. Very, very popular in I already mentioned this, uh shows like The Walking Dead. Yeah. They'll 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 cold open with the character that's gonna die in about twenty minutes. Yep. Yeah. That's the whole that's the whole thing. Also in this scene, uh campy eighties crush music. Like the <laughs> just the the music in this one's really weird because there's some episodes that just have no no track. It's just silent. There is a there's a heavy like tonal emotion track in this entire episode yeah yeah it, it, the synthesizer music is really heavy in this one it has it, it has that john carpenter um almost horror movie kind of feel to it they're trying for that i, I yeah. sense that too and then the uh the other thing was is there's a lot of weird camera angles in this one and i didn't have the time to look up who directed this one and which other ones they did but there's a lot of shots where i will get into it but like the you know the, there's one where the this is really odd angles on the bridge, and then at the end, there is this prolonged, protracted close-up on on Picard. <laughs> yeah, my wife, my wife con- commented on that. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so the shuttlecraft they get it, they get communication from the shuttlecraft that they're having issues. From I think the guy's name's like Ben. That's flying the shuttlecraft. Issues. Yeah, yeah, they're they're going down. Yeah, yeah. and I and I loved his uh, his. What does he say? He said uh, something. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's it, it's all it's all gone haywire. Michelle <laughs> <laughs> Crass gone haywire. <laughs> well, I like too that Picard's like asking if Troy's all right. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't care about this red shirt. Like, where's my where's my hot counselor? I want her back. Yeah, <laughs> you're a little shaken up, sir. And then yeah. and then begins. You know, it continues after after the intro credit scene. Picard starts just riding the stand-in chief engineer. Mm-hmm. Leland well, T. Lynch just Leland gets his Lynch ass beat by Picard here. Yeah. Well, and I think that Leland T. Lynch sort of deserves it because did you see the way that like 
he's got his two minions carrying the dilithium crystal tray and he's just walking oh <laughs> he was ultra douchey he's a delegator <laughs> yeah. all right he's a delegator leave him alone oh i think he deserves every punishment he gets I don't like that guy. so we get into the we get the intro credits and then we come back and uh Picard's all over Lynch again get to get the warp drive back online. Uh, so Lynch accomplishes it. He gets the warp drive going, which sounds like it would have been a very difficult feat. And Lynch <laughs> says that, that all right, we're ready for minimum warp, which I assume is just warp one. And Picard's like, fuck you. We're going warp eight. Go. And he's like, God, yeah. dude, that's not safe. We shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> and Picard's like, you heard my orders. Yeah. <laughs> I want my counselor well, back. Props to that guy. He actually does a little back talk. He's like... I said minimum warp, Captain. Yeah, he's sassy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They uh, they they go warp eight. They get to the planet. the The shuttlecraft is cra is crashed on it because everything's gone haywire, as you said. So Riker, Crusher, Data, and Yar beam down. There is a ominous black ooze that is that is blocking the path everywhere they try. They're trying to walk to the shuttlecraft. Everywhere they go, this ooze just keeps moving to block their advancement. Uh, data can't explain why it's moving. Uh, it starts talking to them. It. My biggest hang-up of all the stupid stuff in this episode was the fact that this ooze knew the cultural reference from the Wizard of Oz <laughs> to call Data a Tin Man. Yeah. How does it know this? Yep, yeah. My wife brought the same thing up. And, and my theory is this. Um, it's not a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to get into well, you know, it's talk it's talk to Troy and maybe Troy is a really big fan of the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, have to be. Um, well, I also think that he's probably got. There's a couple of huge gaping uh, problems with this uh, episode, and one that's one of them because it, it, it leads you to believe that he can somehow he has the ability to to know who they are or read their minds or access, you know, their historical references. Or it's just bad 80s writing. But or yeah. it's just bad 80s writing, <laughs> um, which is, yeah, it's probably the latter than the former. But then then also, he seems to know everything that's going on except <laughs> except for, uh, at the end, uh, spoilers. Um, you know, yeah, we'll get we'll get to the end. But yeah, yeah. They, they run the end around on him and he doesn't see yeah. it coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they talk openly about it. Yeah. Within earshot of the slime. So the last gasp of Yar we get is Yar saying, uh, guys, we need to go to help Troy. And she takes four steps and, yeah, gets cosmically tossed and is just dead. I couldn't explain to my wife how she was killed. Like, how? what is that? He's a, he zapped her, I guess. He's got he's got some zap. I don't, I don't know. It's, she just gets thrown. Well, she gets zapped, thrown, and then she's got a weird like rose uh, <laughs> yeah. somebody they were, out of, they were out of budget money because of the the black goose so they just got a <laughs> mushroom stamp good one <laughs> <laughs> they got it they got a crayola marker yeah to just, uh just color her face in yeah, like, just, you can you can actually in hd now you can see the lines where they just colored marker on her face <laughs> So it was supposed to be blood, right? Or is it supposed to be where it, where it touched her? I think it's where it zapped her in the brain or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, no, it's like, really bad. Hey, yeah. She was like, look, I've got another gig coming up. Don't put anything weird in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, uh, Riker and Data fire on it. It it has yeah. it is like oozed up into like human form almost. So Riker and Data fire on this thing. No effect. Uh, the medical tricorder. I took note of this. There. Crusher is holding it over Yar, and it's it's beeping like you hear in in like a hospital a today. Yeah, and I've, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard a medical tricorder actually do that before. <laughs> it's it's like Crusher got the hot new app for her medical tricorder that makes yeah. it dramatically beep when she's when she's scanning yeah. someone, and it and, stops and decide, through. Yeah, it's like and, rate 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 my app. Yeah. <laughs> or she has- she had it in the wrong setting, and that's why Yar's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to pay the 99 cents. She didn't want to spring for it. It was in demo mode. <laughs> so they tell the ship that, that Yar's dead. We get a shot of, of Worf being very concerned about this. We go back to the ship. We get that weird that weird scene in Sick Bay where Crusher's trying to revive Yar, shooting megavolts into her. Picard... <laughs> Picard's walking around and and seems seems concerned, but then when they pronounce Yar dead, he looks so shocked. It's like, dude, she's, <laughs> she's been laying on the table dead. Why why do you why did you think that Crusher, yeah. who has pretty much bungled everything up to this point in the series, why did you think that she was gonna be able to revive her? <laughs> oh man. Before well, we get to sickbay, did you guys notice in the uh, the transporter bay where Yara is just being held by Crusher and then she just flops her? She just flops her corpse. <laughs> <laughs> Up you go. Sack, sack of potatoes. Well, yeah. and, this, and this goes back to the whole lackluster thing of the whole episode. On the sickbay, when they're... And, and, this, and this is a trope that they still use a lot today, but especially in the 80s and in the 90s, in every medical drama, almost every episode, they had to have like that. They get they charge the paddles and they go clear, and then they do yeah. the whole thing for dramatic effect because it works in both ways. If they live or they die, you know, there's a lot of high drama there, and so they obviously are going for that. But it it's terrible. Like they, it's just <laughs> this little halo thing on her head, and they're like, and and Crusher push push it to sixty, and then it goes click, push it to seventy, click, push it to ninety. <laughs> at some point her body just stops moving yeah. when they jolt her too yeah. yeah yeah it has no oomph to it it has no like clear yeah you know, yeah it's like, set, it, set it to stun Click. <laughs> yeah this episode sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so we move we move back to the planet uh troy is talking to the ooze the ooze multiple times throughout this episode covers the shuttle to talk to Troy. Yes. Troy is talking to the ooze, figures out that its entire goal is just to break the crew's spirit for some reason. Troy Troy says that's not going to happen. They're too strong. Back on the ship, Worf gets a promotion. And this is really the beginning of Worf because he's been a super side character up until now. And and as early as a few episodes from now in season two, he starts getting his own episodes, which is fantastic. Just another positive of Yar being dead. Right. So if Mike had said this is my favorite episode because this launches Worf's career, I would have felt better about it. That's fair. That would have been a fair assessment. <laughs> yeah. The reason why, because I actually really liked Yar. I liked... I. Okay, I didn't like her in the conventional sense. I liked how how ham fisted her character was because I even did some of the when I was I went back and started watching TNG again 
And I could not believe how weird her character was, where she's basically kind of like an orphan who's been running from quote unquote rape gangs. Yeah. And, and then becomes <laughs> yeah. a drug addict. And yeah. Then just joins Starfleet and impresses, uh, you know, Picard. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, you want to know what? You know the badass warrior Klingon on my ship? Not that guy. He's not going to be my chief security officer. I'm going to take uh, orphan rape king. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. So, Sorry, go ahead. No, it's just it just it seems like they're like the her dying in Worf taking the chief uh, security officer position was was more of a correction in <laughs> in the setup that they initially launched with um, than than anything else. And so, and her character just seems sort of ham fisted from go but yeah they now you you explaining yar the way you just did makes me kind of realize that it 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 feels like ro laren as she comes into the cast i think in season five maybe is she has a lot of the same characteristics as yar feels like they wanted to bring kind of that yar character back and ro ro laren kind of fits the mold with with what she'd been Mm -hmm. through with the cardassians Right, VR 2.0. Exactly, only way better. So it is new and improved, (laughs) 2.0. Yeah. Uh, They figure out that the ooze can create force fields to block them from transporting or communicating with with Troy. Uh, They they decide to go back down to the planet, and Riker, on his way out, is like Mr. Worf, because it's like he's the new chief of security, and they, they give Worf a little, hey, he's mature enough for this job moment, when he says... I'm going to stay on the ship because I can better serve here. Like he want, you could tell he wants to go down and start punching the black ooze armis, but <laughs> he's like, I'm chief security officer. Now I can better, I can better serve you guys on the ship, which I don't know why he gets a choice. Typically when the first officer says, Hey, we're going, we're going the, the, <laughs> the officer can't just go, uh, I'm going to hang back on this one. I know. Yeah. Uh, that, that seems like, yeah, it was like a lost opportunity or they didn't nail that one. It was either they were yeah. trying to show that Worf was shaken by Yar's death or he was being insubordinate. So I didn't really understand what was going on. I think they were showing that Worf was like ready for the promotion and polished and cuz he like he kind of like leans forward in his chair when they call when Riker calls his name and then right. he like they show him kind of thinking it through. So I think it's showing that he's not just arbitrarily getting this. He's actually better than Yar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I, in my notes, it says, "Is Worf being a pussy right now?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Because I got the impression that uh, he was like, "Yeah, no, since we're not going to be battling, um, and, you're, and this is basically going to kill everybody anyway, I'm going <laughs> to." <laughs> yeah, for sure. The away team beams back down. Uh, they t- they take Jordy with him this time so he can use his visor on the ooze and they never go back to him I don't think to ask him what he sees but you get a really great shot of him like down on his haunches really staring at this ooze <laughs> yeah and then the the ooze bullies his way into just <laughs> slapping the glasses off of his face yeah so yeah the ooze allows Crusher to talk to Troy and then yeah the ooze takes. I like I, I refuse to call it Armus. This stupid thing does not deserve a name. So all through my notes, I just have it written as ooze. But Armus Armus takes their phasers and their tricorders and then knocks Jordy's visor off. And so Data goes to try to help Jordy get his visor because he's doing the blind guy thing on the ground and like looking looking for something. Yeah. And he can't 
he can't yeah he can't quite find it and data tries to help and armis tells him he can't i did notice in this scene and again i don't know if this is because they have been restored in hd now when when jordy stands up and puts his visor back on you can see another light blinking underneath his shirt that's blinking at the same time as the light on his temple so i wonder if that's like there's a light on the battery pack and it's underneath (laughs) his shirt it's just kind it's kind of weird Nice, but I, I've heard him say before that they did have a battery pack, and there was like a thin little wire that ran through his hair and down down the back of his neck when they oh. when they did those scenes. Uh, the ooze gets bored and goes back and starts talking to Troy. Uh, this is where we start getting the emo black ooze story about people leaving him behind. Uh, Troy gives the ooze pity, and and that that really pisses it off. And that's when that's when we get Riker getting drug into into the pool of of black goop great shot by the way (laughs) i love this something's got me there's nothing on that planet but you and the black ooze you know i love that i just as a something has got me and rikers (laughs) rikers in there for a long time a long time (laughs) oh yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah. Uh, we go back to the ship, and here's here's your boy Wesley saving the day again, Brian. Him and Worf see a pattern in the energy levels. It's like when this thing is talking to Troy, yeah. its its feelings get hurt, so it, it gets emo, <laughs> and when it gets emo, its its energy is lowered. Yeah, uh, so it's like a Scott Pilgrim boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they're on a mission. Someone has died. Worf newly. Uh, promoted decides to have Wesley at the helm of tactical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, Picard's like, all right, I'm, I'm done dicking around with this thing. I'm going down there and then leaves Worf in command, which is, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, Troy, Troy offers herself. We're back to Troy talking to the use again. Troy offers herself, offers herself up in place of Riker. It just says, I'll stay here. Just let everybody else go. And the ooze knows that she has feelings for Riker. We, Riker, we get an Im- Imzadi reference, which is always entertaining. I didn't I, understand that. No, yeah. What's that? So Im- Imzadi, you didn't, you didn't catch that in Encounter at Farpoint, Brian, when they first I, meet each other? Okay, maybe. It, Imzadi is, is it's... <laughs> I take it to mean side piece at this point, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just it means that they've had like a they've been in love in the past. It's like a beta Z thing, I think. Oh, okay. So they have like a really deep relationship. One of the best, and I haven't I haven't read it. I'm embarrassed to say, but allegedly one of the best Star Trek books is it's called Imzadi, and it's just got R- Riker and Troy. It looks like one of those cheesy uh romance books that you see Ooh, like on the cover like in sparks and then the cover of Mzadi 2 has wharf on it too Ooh, <laughs> spicy. <I> like that <clears throat> uh so yeah troy offers herself in place of anyone on the crew the ooze then th- there's that awkward scene with data where he's pointing his phaser at everybody kind of like a roulette wheel yeah <laughs> and tells crusher to pick who's gonna die he the ooze is gonna force force data to shoot somebody in the head and tells Crusher yeah. to pick who it's gonna be and of course selfless uh starfleet person crusher says then kill me and that pisses the ooze off if this thing was actually pissed it would just be killing everyone that pissed it off 
Yeah, if it was the the skin of evil, it'd actually just be murdering people. But yeah. it's more like we said, it's the skin of emo. It's not. <laughs> it's just so I don't know. See, this is one of the this is one of the charming things about the episode because everybody just equates evil with killing, and it's and and it's not like he's he's lonely. He doesn't want to break his toy. You know what I mean? But yeah. His okay. His toys aren't playing with him the way that he wants to, and so he just he wants to. And the thing about evil is that like it wants other things other people to be unhappy and being dead isn't being unhappy yeah people to be unhappy like him and since starfleet is so high-minded and and humans have that unbreakable spirit according to uh captain picard uh yeah then you know it pisses the the skin of evil off he is evil and he's also emo and this episode sucks So Picard takes charge, like like okay, Dad's home. Like this babysitter's not doing the job. Picard demands to see his people, you know, which is Riker and Troy who are being held. And and we forget about red shirt Ben that nobody gives a shit about. They just <laughs> hunched over a panel in the shuttlecraft. He was, Troy hasn't even bothered body. to like lay him down. Yeah, yeah it, it does not seem conducive to like you know somebody's health to just be hunched over. Yeah. Yeah. The ooze then spits up Riker. And this is maybe the most entertaining part of the episode because we see we see Jonathan Frakes uh just covered in goop here. Was it him? I couldn't even tell. It could oh, yeah. have been just like a Oh yeah. Uh so this seems like a good point to to read Jonathan Frakes quote on, oh, on this scene. Uh oh, we're going direct quote. In the episode in general. So Frakes said I think we took greater chances than we do now. And that's referring to uh, he, he gave this, you know, later on in the series. So he says, I think we took greater chances than we do now. The shows may be better, the level of it, but Skin of Evil was absurd. We had Patrick sitting and talking into a black oil slick. But what, what was wrong with that? I suffered physically like a fool with Mikey. I don't know who Mikey is. If Maybe that was his stunt double. Sure, I'll get into that black fucking Metamucil shit. That was absurd. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what it was. The ooze was Metamucil and printer ink. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. That stuff's like, you don't want to inhale that stuff. Yeah. I'm sure sure it took a few years off of Jonathan Frake's life. Gross. So at this point, Riker gets spit back up. Everyone but Picard beams back up to the ship. Uh, the ooze tells Picard that it wants off of the planet because it's emo and lonely. Uh, Picard <laughs> says he has the means to do that, but you know he's got to figure out if that you know if that's the right thing to do or you know whatever. Yeah. If if somebody tells you they have the means to do it, you think this ooze would just hold Picard hostage until he agreed to transport him, <laughs> and maybe maybe that would have made for a more interesting episode. Is this yeah. ooze hanging out in a cargo bay? <laughs> on the Enterprise. Or they could have just transported it into space and just got the hell out of there. They, they could have tried <laughs> tried that. So we yeah. <clears throat> Picard beams into the uh, shuttle at this point. Yeah. Pizzoos thinks it can get off the planet, so it lets Picard talk to Troy. Again, Picard has little to no regard. He asks how Ben's doing, but doesn't... He, I guess he, he, he feels for his pulse. And I feel like it's almost like, ah, oh, shit, he's alive. I gotta deal with this guy, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he conveniently <laughs> stepped past his corpse to get to Troy first. He did. Uh, back outside, the creature it's the, the creature doesn't want their compassion. Uh, Worf tells Wesley to watch the energy levels because Picard is starting to really emo this thing up. And then we get the 
the psycho <laughs> scream <laughs> out of Armis. Yeah, I I was I had the exact same note in my in my notes. It was it was to the T. It was Vader scream. Well, it was it was the episode three scream at the end, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Just a horrible. She's horrible. dead. <laughs> <laughs> Angry black. So yeah, that allows because he's yell too busy screaming. That allows everyone to beam out, and that's effectively the end of the episode, except for Yar's holodeck uh, funeral. We get the two pack two pack holodeck uh, or hologram. <laughs> nice. Yar somehow knows. That everyone that's there and goes through and says something nice about everyone, even down to Wesley, which really pissed me off. Yep. Undeserving. Yeah. How, why, why did she know Wesley was going to be there and she didn't have any other friends on the ship? Like, it, there should have been 20 minutes of just her talking about random people we've never seen before. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. They're all just waiting to hear their names. Yeah. They're just getting, they're getting pissed. <laughs> When they zoom in on Picard's face, his eyes are kind of half open, like he's glazed <laughs> over. Yeah. Yeah. What, my my yeah. note says, she must wake up and record one of these every morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My other note says, is why was the funeral held on the Windows XP desktop? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost like it was like an awkward yearbook signing. Yeah. Dear Riker, you're the best. Yeah, you make me laugh. But you're a good boss. Have a change. have a great summer. <laughs> the only good line uh, that that they gave, which seemed more, it was about Picard, but also because Patrick Stewart just is Picard. Was uh, she said that Picard had the heart of an explorer and the soul of a poet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah, is that was very good. very accurate. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then she ends. The last thing we hear her say is hailing frequencies closed. <laughs> <laughs> like you do. and Drama. we get the only kind of redeeming thing next is is data learning about you know a little more about human nature he tells picard that you know hey i'm confused you know all, all my thoughts are actually for myself and how empty my android life is going to be without yar around and asks if he missed the point and picard says nope you got it yay warm fuzzies we're all happy <laughs> yay yeah, we had to suffer through horrible, horrible writing to get to this point. Uh, so that's the end of the episode. I think, I think we've all established our our feelings on it at this point. I don't know that we need to go around the circle. I mean, this is like a two or a three out of ten for me, probably. It's oh. it's bad. It's the worst episode that we've seen, and probably one of the ten worst TNG episodes. I'd say. Was this during writer strike? When was writer strike? Uh, I think it was later on. I think that was around season two and three. But this was Roddenberry time, right? It was. So Roddenberry, Denise Crosby wanted off the show. Yeah. She, she didn't like, and I've heard the actress, uh, that played, uh, Jadzia Dax talks, talk about this from Deep Space Nine too, that and she left after season six of that show, that the days are just kind of grueling when you're that far down the call sheet. You sit in your trailer all day with nothing to do, and then you get called onto the bridge basically for for a, a you know an hour or whatever, it, or maybe longer. You're just standing in the background, acting like you're staring at a panel while other people act, and you might get a line like, "Yeah, hailing frequencies closed," and that's the only <laughs> bone you get thrown your way. So she apparently had a six-year contract and went to Gene Roddenberry. Was like, I don't like this. I want out of this. And Roddenberry saw this as an opportunity 
to kill her off. Originally, she was like, just write me out. And Roddenberry was like, yeah, we'll write you out. And maybe you can come back later or whatever. And then Roddenberry saw this as an opportunity to kind of shock people and kill the character off. But like we've covered, she didn't go out in a blaze of glory. Her death didn't have any meaning. There was just no substance to it. So it's just oddly handled. Yeah, that's it mildly. <laughs> uh, so the the most enjoyable part of this was the the IMDb uh, deep dive for the week. I actually Ooh. did two because there's a couple good ones. And well, uh, we'll cover three. And I didn't even write the guy's name down. But the guy, <laughs> the guy that because <laughs> it doesn't matter, the guy that plays uh, physically plays Armis, that is like the human form of Armis. There's this weird suit covered in black ooze. He also played the Sheliac or Sheliac alien. Uh, um, and I forget if it's season one or season two. So whatever. They, the guy put a costume on again for Star Trek. <laughs> good, good job. Uh, but the guy who did the voice of Armis, <laughs> his name was Ron, Ron Goss. And he did the voice of Dragstrip in the Transformers cartoon. okay really yeah really top-notch work he also did he was on buck rogers he was on lost in space and he did the voice of juggernaut in like an x-men i don't know if it's a cartoon movie it's called the pride of x-men but the really good one guys the really good one here and this beats benjamin button no uh our boy leland t lynch (laughs) getting shit all over by picard his his name is Walker Boone. Do you remember the Super Mario cartoons from the yes. early nineties? Absolutely, they were fantastic. So live action and the cartoons together. Yeah, yeah. So it would like open with the live action, the fat Italian guys, and then it would go to the cartoon. My yeah. kid loves them. So there's <laughs> yeah. So there's the Adventures of Super Mario three, and then there's a Super Mario World cartoon as well. Oh no. Our boy Leland T. Lynch voiced Mario. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, he, man. He, that guy. he voiced Mario in these cartoons. How does that happen? Oh. <laughs> I, I can't, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to marvel at that or be disturbed. I don't. <laughs> yeah. How does that, that casting call go? I don't know. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. He's like, he's cemented in like, nerd pop culture now yeah do you think he's on the con circuit do you think he's got a <laughs> Mar- is there a mario con i mean if denise crosby's on the con circuit this guy's gotta be oh there that's too, true right? that's true oh boy so yeah that 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 was pretty fun when i uh when i found that out so uh i covered a lot of the extra stuff uh, Crosby did say that if there were more, if she got more scenes like she had with Worf in the beginning of the episode, that she totally would have stayed on the show. Which who knows if that's true? She could have just been saying that because she, she, like you said, she milks uh, her appearances yeah. on the con circuit for everything they're worth for someone that's only been in you know twenty episodes of Star Trek, twenty five, whatever it is. Uh, her name, kind of fun fact, her name stayed in the credits through the end of the first season. So oh, I guess nice. maybe people back in the day maybe thought she was coming back. But no, uh, then the second okay. season, she's gone. Uh, this was Will Wheaton's final appearance in, a fir- in the first season. Yes. So you didn't have to deal with him anymore. Uh, and they screwed up the star date on this episode. The, the star date that they give in the episode is actually before four other 
episodes that Yar is in. Wow. So thank you. Thank you, Memory Alpha. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry, go ahead. I'll lose geek cred for this too, but I don't know how the star dates work. I don't either. Okay. So me neither. We're all in the same boat there. All right. Uh, Yar, like you mentioned, uh, Yar does come back and she comes back in yesterday's Enterprise, which is a great episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's where the Enterprise C shows up. She actually, it, somehow falls through and we'll watch this one at some point but the enterprise c falls through this this like time whatever you know whatever bullshit they came up with and it ends up just right next to the enterprise d and it changes it changes present day so yar is still alive and she ends up going back with the enterprise c she gets captured sounds like gets raped by some romulans and then they they have she had she yar gives birth to sila who is the romulan character that denise crosby plays and okay. it's like three more episodes because i thought she come she came back as a romulan but it's i guess yeah. her daughter it's her yeah. daughter yeah uh and she pops up again in all good things as well as picard's okay. like jumping through time periods yeah you know they go they go back to encounter at farpoint and yar is there on the bridge yeah so that's that's all that's all I got. I feel like we did pretty good here with the material we were given, guys. Do you have any any final thoughts on this shit pile? Um. Best well. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh. Uh. Kind of continuing from last week, uh, taking a deep dive on the species in the episode. Uh, we got nothing on this one. This is unknown. They didn't even know it was alive, but. Uh, from a, a writing standpoint, I kind of like the idea of like that Titan progenitor species thing that let's like, just so they've ascended to godhood. Yeah, I thought that was a, a good starting point, but they totally butchered it with emo yeah. skin of evil. Yeah, I, I thought they could have come back and actually and they do this a lot, right? They come back and revisit storylines or will just slip in a character. I don't need to see Armas again, but <laughs> But it would have been cool if they would have come across the people that actually shed him and they would have covered that yeah. because that's yeah. like like you guys. I that think it's cool. Yeah, I think you said that, Mike, that that's the cool part of the episode. Like, I want to see this race. Maybe it's the Q. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it, 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 wow, you could have done something write. really neat with that. And they just yeah. and I mean, it's it, <laughs> at the same time. It's almost like, all right, let's just cut bait on this and be done. We never <laughs> want to we never want to talk about this again. We know it sucks. <laughs> let's just let it be. Yeah. 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 So, so when when did Gene Roddenberry when does when did his when did he hit kick the bucket? Was, so, it, was it in this season two? I other people have asked me this on the show and I should definitely look it up. It's it's yeah, I think it's during season three. You get you, there's there's an episode, I think it's the finale, maybe. Uh, I'd have to look, but you get we get an in loving memory of Gene Roddenberry. It's either three or four, but he gets sick and he's hands off, I think more hands off after like season two which uh, is which is be better yeah yeah yep <laughs> that's yeah. when the show gets good this yeah this episode is the i guess the the poster child for that horrible sound stage like just yeah. there's so much so much element that is lost by iron sand and putting a pool of black goo in the middle of a sound stage oh there's nothing there it's just yeah I think it's, it's I think so it's the bad. same exact set that we first see the Ferengi on, which we talked about in the last episode. Okay. It's uh, like the same set. Yep. Just less storm clouds. Yeah. And less laser <laughs> and fewer laser whips. Yep, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. 
Uh, so yeah, that uh, that will that will do it for us today, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Mike. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Anytime. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely definitely have you back on at some yeah. point. So, thank you for having me. I'm sorry that uh, <laughs> that I torpedoed your podcast with Skin of Evil. No, not at <laughs> Brian. Hey, no, we can blame Brian for this. He he wanted to do yeah. these first few episodes leading up to the death of Yar. So wow. I think we've properly celebrated yeah. slash shit on. Denise Crosby's tenure on the show. Well, so I'm when we, I could help. yeah, yeah, when we started, we were like, "How are we going to do the episodes?" And I, I thought maybe we have like a, a deadline of when Yar dies, and then we just go and do whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. There you go. There you go. So in 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 the spirit of Tasha Yar, guys, I just want to say, hailing frequencies close. Okay, guys, join us next week as we review and talk about A Matter of Honor. That's episode eight of season two of The Next Generation. We're going to keep this train going. And with the death of Yar brings the rise of the son of Moog. Join us next week. <laughs>